Hello there! What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Pocalyx Movies and the Fandalorian Club. I had to do it. It's our last episode talking Obi-Wan Kenobi on Fando. I just had to. I started this the, the show off doing it in episode one. I got to do it now that he officially said it. It's back in canon. Uh, and uh, look, we're, we're here. You guys know what we're here for. Let's be honest. You know what we're here for. That is Brian. That is Geo. I am Jake. This is the Fan and Lauren Club. Thank you so much for joining us, our Star Wars review show here on the channel. Uh, and we are obviously talking about Obi-Wan Part 6, uh, Episode 6 of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the grand finale. And my goodness, do we got some goodies to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go Geo first, man. How are you doing on this uh, Thursday afternoon, man? Good. I, uh, I'm still processing this finale. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it twice, but... Oh man, it's just I, I'm gonna save my thoughts for when when you ask. I'm good. I'm good. It's a day off. It's hot as hell in Sacramento, but uh, you know, at least I'm not working. So yeah, only a whopping ninety or a, oh, 105, 105. Only a whopping hundred five. Um, stay like that. Yeah, uh, Brian, how about you, man? How's your Thursday? I am doing swell. Just swell. That's it. I mean, they can. Go back, rewind 45 minutes, and get the same answer on uh, Marvel Rewind. rewind. That's fair. Not we, to did, mention my, we did just do Rewind. That's fair. Yeah. Not to mention my mom is like, are you alive? Are you melted? You can come home. I have the AC on. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Busy. Got it, mom. <laughs> um, all right. Look, we, we have quite a bit to discuss and nerd out about and geek out about and break down. So let's just get into it. I want quick, immediate reactions before we dive into specifics on episode six of this show. Um, you know, it was it was kind of teased for a long time as the rematch of the century. Um, and Brian, did it live up to the rematch of the century hype? Um. Are we swearing on this episode, or are we trying? No, not no, to? no swearing. We're trying to be a little nice today. Holy freaking moly! The force is more than just throwing rocks, but I mean, if you're gonna throw rocks, <laughs> throw freaking boulders. Am I right? Yeah, like, right? holy cow! Yeah, uh, I loved it. It, this, yeah, I, I, it was like the perfect bow to wrap up the whole entire thing. I, I'm very pleased. Geo? Uh, specifically about the rematch, it definitely lived up to uh, its promise. You know, the Lucasfilm, I think it was Kathleen, she was talking about the fight uh, leading up to the premiere and just it's the greatest rematch of the century. I completely agree. Um, it wasn't as flashy as the prequels. It didn't need to be. I felt like it was kind of a hybrid of the two. Um, and yeah, that's all I'll say for now. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's my favorite episode of the, of the bunch. Um, I very much enjoyed the show from start to finish, uh, unlike a lot of people online who are all of a sudden coming out talking about how they didn't like the show. Um, see, I, I, I saw the opposite of all the people pooping on it saying how much they loved it. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like thing. it. In, so, yeah. yeah, it is. It, it is, to I guess, to a point, you know. Um, but no, I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought... The episode as a whole was fantastic, and uh, we're going to get to the rematch, but we're going to start specifically with Reva, because the episode last week ended with Reva looking at the hologram of Bale talking about Luke and Obi-Wan protecting a boy, and we pick up with Reva uh, as she is now on Tatooine um, asking about a farmer named Owen and looking to find this little boy named Luke. Uh, it, now, again, it's not, it's not specified on whether or not she's hunting Luke because she knows Luke is Anakin's child, or if she just knows that Obi-Wan is protecting a boy. Um, I think it's that as well. It, it's, it seems a little bit more clear that direction than it does the other. Uh, but either way, uh, she is in full, uh, at this moment, she's in full hunting mode, trying to hunt down Luke, Luke Skywalker and you know not letting Owen or, or Baru get in her way. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I, thought, I thought she was going to kill him. Well I, well, I mean, really, I think that joke's old, Brian. <laughs> um, uh, 
Uh, you know, and but to that point, you know, knowing Owen and Baru and Luke's fate, I thought the way that it was shot and the storyline of Reva hunting Luke was done very well. They're freaking um, badasses. I, I thought Owen and Baru were awesome. I loved spending time with them. I also love that Baru was the more confident and positive one than Owen is. He's much more of the secluded, kind of private, uh, protective type. And Baru's like, nah, bro, like we're we're getting down and dirty. Uh, I'm not leaving. You know, she's coming to our home. We're protecting our home. And I love that. Um, and and I thought the the whole fight sequence and everything about that was really cool. Uh, doing what they can to protect him. And then ultimately, obviously, ending with Reva not not killing Luke, obviously. Um, but, I mean, what, what do we think of all this? The, the Reva storyline? Because I want to save the big stuff for last, clearly. But what do we think about Reva's storyline and kind of how it wrapped up, how it finished, the hunting of Luke, and then eventually giving back Luke after finding him and knocking him out, etc. Um, Gio, I'll let you start, man. What did you think about the uh, finishing touches on Reva's storyline for now? Well, I thought the last two episodes redeemed her arc. Um, I was one of the people who was critical early on about, you know, her character and why she is the way that she is. Um, I would have liked a little bit more in the earlier episodes, but, you know, we, we got it at the end. I do like how the her arc closed with choosing to not be like Anakin and how the uh, filmmakers Deborah Chow and those involved um, managed to relay the sorry similarities to the audience of uh, Order 66. And now here she is about to take down a, a youngling. Um, I did get a little bit uh, I guess irritated about how I kept going back and forth between the Reva and what was going on and Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, like I, I was clearly way more invested in Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. I mean, that's why we watched this show. So I wasn't a fan of how they chose to edit that all together. But if we're talking about her arc, I would say uh, these last two episodes really did a lot to the point where I wouldn't mind seeing more of her character, whether she voices in animation or returns uh, in hopefully a sequel or a spinoff show or something like that. I will have no problem acknowledging my early thoughts at the same time saying by the end, I became a, a fan of this character. That's good to hear. Cause I, I think, I think a lot of people are actually probably in the same boat. Um, you know, it took, it took three, maybe four episodes to get on board with what she was doing, her motivations. And then episode five and six came around and you really, and we really started to understand her character a little bit more. Right. Uh, because of the backstory reveal and everything. I will agree with you on the uh, going back and forth between the two solely because I just wanted to see the fight in one long string. Like, legit, right. that is really the only reason why that I complained about it, but it was all done because funny, of timing. funny because they didn't do that in Revenge of the Sith, though. I know. It's the same thing in Revenge of the Sith. I get that. It's all, it's all done because of timing um, to show that when the fight is over and done with, now Obi-Wan has to get in the ship and go to Luke as Reva is hunting him down. It's just all about kind of lining it all up rather than doing it in separate pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on Reva. I think that her character got stronger these last two episodes um, as the dogs start barking. Brian, take it away. Um, she is my one of my favorite newest characters since uh, Disney has started Star Wars. I... Well, I should say live action because I do love the animated characters. Um, I would put her in potentially top five of new live action Disney characters for me. Um, her story was so well done, in my opinion. I loved, loved love the way she just you could just pick up on her anger and slow, slowly see things that you could tell just like didn't fly with her like she wasn't completely evil she wasn't like the grand inquisitor level like it i will say out of she like, was always fighting herself 
always yes. fighting herself. It's like bad versus evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, um, I think, I know a lot of people hate a redemption arc. I think this is one of the best redemption arcs that Star Wars has done because she never truly seemed gone. She never fully killed anybody. She seemed lost. It's it's uh, very different than Ben Solo or Anakin, right? Where yeah. they did they did like terrible acts. Yeah. She, she was she always had like sort of a balance to her where she was always like it always I mean, she was felt... no saint. She was chopping no, 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 no. arms off because of they course. looked funny. Of course, oh, yeah, she's, it, it, she's done her her damage. It, yeah. it always yeah. it always felt like after obviously after learning who she was and where she came from, but when you go back and watch, it always just felt like she was doing it to just survive. Yeah, like she wasn't there because she wanted to be. She was doing it to just survive what she was going through, um, and I think that's a big, big kudos to them being able to tell the story the way they did. Cause if you don't tell it that way, then the redemption may seem off a little bit. Brian, that's a really good point. I, yeah. And it's, it, like I said, Oh, callous is a great one. That's too. good, Andy. That's a, that's um, a good, that's a good comparison. That's why I, yeah. That's why I kind of threw live action out there. <laughs> that's new characters. Cause there's some good animated characters. Sh- Moses Ingram was so good as this character. Like, I'm I will be screaming in excitement if they announce any type of spinoff with her in any capacity, book, comic, TV show, live action, animated. I I need to see more of this character. We're gonna I, get more of her. I just don't know where. That's all. I hope so. I I truly I, it's hard to say compare like anything like obi-wan and vader are here so it's like you can't really say like this is the best part of the whole entire show because at the end of the day you still have obi-wan and vader mm-hmm. excluding that she's the best part of the whole entire show to me and that I, and that's- I, I will i will challenge you i think leia passes uh reva Leia's only because only because leia has so much more history too we know That's, where she's going. Crap, I forgot about Leia. It's all good. <laughs> no, no, you make a good point because she, they, the storytelling in this is the greatest, possibly the best outside of The Force Awakens. This, I think, might be the best storytelling that we've seen as far as furthering Star Wars lore and just connecting things and making things so this show was about making things so much more important and so much more meaningful. Like there are so many things that they did in this show that is just so big moving forward. I'm sorry. We, we started with Reva. I love Reva. I immediately bought her Funko pop after, uh, because it's just, it's just awesome. I love her character. And I well, I mean, Brian, that's a good th- that's a good thing to kind of bring up is, you know, so we've had we've had three Skywalker films. We've had Rogue One. We've had Solo. We've had, uh, you know, four seasons of Rebels. We've had uh, a season seven of Clone Wars. We've had Bad Batch. Um, Mandalorian, obviously. Visions. Boba Fett, Visions, right? Uh, there's a lot of good storytelling in there. And a lot of it is a lot of new stuff. You know, it's not connected to the Skywalker saga, right? Uh, some of it is, but not all of it. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to say that it might be the best. But I will say this. We've talked about for a long time with Star Wars that we don't like when it, it makes the galaxy smaller, right? We continue to go back to the same characters over and over and over again. This is the way you go back to characters that we've met before. This is the exact way you tell a story about characters we've met before, right? Uh, a completely new version of Leia. She's still Leia, but she's way younger and a way different point in her life. Obi-Wan, a completely different version from not just the prequel, 
but the A New Hope version as well. We have three different versions of Obi-Wan to look at now, right? The prequel version, this one who was completely shattered and broken to finding the light again, and then the wise older gentleman we saw in A New Hope. Um, and same thing with Vader, right? Like, we, we see Vader uh, at a younger version when episode three happens. He turns. It's a very quick, manipulated version. Uh, the original trilogy, it's a much more older, wiser version of the character who, you know, does things a certain way and is the most villainous person in the galaxy. Whereas right now, we are meeting a completely angry and violent human being who is using every source of darkness he possibly can to keep pushing himself forward. Um, and that showed in this episode is that, you know, whether it was now or years ago, Anakin Skywalker that we know is completely dead. He's gone. Vader has been taken. He's taken over. Um, you know, obviously Anakin comes back, but it's it's the balancing of being able to tell something new, but also give us the same thing that we've recognized before, but in a new way. Uh, and that's something that Star Wars has struggled with, like. And I, I know that it's the best of the three, but The Force Awakens battled people for years about it's just a new hope. It's just a new hope. That's fine, but they did it in a little bit of a different way. There are some different elements to that movie that don't make it like a new hope. Um, and so I, I just, I really appreciate that they took something on that was so incredibly important and, and you know, almost to a way, it was, it was almost going to be like, a failure if you didn't do it perfectly because it's obi-wan kenobi and darth vader right like it's a story we've been waiting so long for to see yeah uh you know mcgregor back and and hayden christian and just all these people that have been part of star wars for so long and i think they did it i think they did it great i think they did it great i think it worked out perfectly um the addition of reva really worked out in its favor um the addition of the inquisitors in the time that they had right they weren't like a major focus but they played their part very well um and the focus was always on Obi-Wan and Vader. Since Vader stepped on screen, it was always going to be Obi-Wan and Vader. The second that happened, and I liked the story, that was mainly the storyline that we took out of everything that was happening with Tala and the beginning of the rebellion with the group that they were with, etc. At the end of the day, it was always Obi-Wan and Vader. And I'm glad that was kind of like pushed because that's what it always needed to be. Um so yeah, I just I think it's I think it's a really fantastic way to do the show and and to go back in time and tell something that we've seen plenty of times before, but in a new way. So, one more thing about uh, Reva, and let me know if you guys feel this way or at least understand where people are coming from. Uh, one complaint that I actually you know find myself siding with was how she was left alive by both Vader and the Grand Inquisitor after what she did. I mean, once she revealed her true self, she's no longer an Inquisitor. She's a, a Force-sensitive, not exactly a Jedi, but has been trained. Like, did you guys have any issues with Vader or the Grand Inquisitor keeping her alive and not just killing her? I think it was more or less they just left her for dead and they didn't expect her to leave. I I literally... Oh, go ahead, Brian, go ahead. Because I have well, to find it anyway. I, I think it's kind of almost poetic in a way, the fact that... Um, what does the Grand Inquisitor say? Revenge is... Uh, is a dish says? best served cold. No. Uh, revenge is a powerful, like... Motivator. Motivator? Motivator, whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Whatever the line was. They, like, intended to kill her. He, I think he kind of almost did it in a means of, like, I'm not going to kill you flat out. Like, you're going to die here, like, in a brutal way. And she, the, and he kind of drops that line. And she kind of goes to use that line that revenge is the best uh, reason to stay alive okay is thank you. revenge is the best i don't know that doesn't sound right maybe but, yeah that's not right um anyways she went with the intention of doing whatever she did and at the end she chose to not continue on that path but i don't know i, I loved I, it to, I to back up 
to back up, Ryan, I literally just had this conversation with my buddy yesterday. We had a full-on text thread. We've had we've been having it for like 24 hours now about this. Um, <laughs> but he said, also, kind of pissed off, extremely dumb that Vader would just leave her there. This dude went around killing kids, but he didn't make sure that she was fully dead. Right. And I go, yes, but he's also all about suffering, specifically with his Inquisitors. He doesn't want them to die a quick death if they failed him. He wants it to linger and be painful. So I can see why he would gut her and then leave her to be. And I said, like, like Obi-Wan said, his eyes are completely on him. He's blinded by Obi-Wan being present, which is probably why he didn't fully kill her. It's a different. He has a different motivation than what we saw. He In, in the him. comics, he left the Grand Inquisitor as a tortured soul, literally. He's completely, he's completely focused on making people suffer. That is the goal. And him gutting her... And obviously not bleeding out because it's a lightsaber, but hoping that she suffers a long and painful death was the goal. That was 100% the goal. All I know is if you if you stab me in the chest, you better pray to God I'm dead because I'm coming <laughs> back and I'm going to return the favor. But okay, so... I okay, think, here's, hold on. To that, I think she just was like, this is going to be an endless cycle unless I just stop. Yeah, like, and sh at that point, that's uh, one of the reasons why she didn't kill Luke is just like, what am I doing? Like, this is, this is just dumb at this point. Like, I also we, love the moment between her and Obi Wan too. That moment where he was like talking her down and basically saying, "It's you're free. You're free to do what you want and be who you are, are now." Yeah. Um, I mean, they but, left her for dead, assuming she's dead. Yeah. They're not going to come after her. She can do what she wants now. She she can leave her entire life behind and go start something new. I've been uh, waiting to say this to Gio just because I know it's going to make him go on a spin up. Um, what if she's Finn's mom? Really? She's not Finn's mom. I, I know. I, like I know. I just no. I know. I'm, I'm stopping that right that. now. We've gotten in. We've done. No, 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 no. I'm cutting it off. Nope. Poor we've John. We've for 22 minutes right now, and we have not talked about. One of the greatest lightsaber duels that we will ever witness in all of Star Wars. We got to talk about this, you guys. Because um, this is what the, the entire you know show has been about. Is the rematch. The full rematch, anyway. Uh, of Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader. And uh, it, there's obviously build-up, right? Obi-Wan, you know, he, he puts himself in a shuttle. And he separates himself from the group to make sure, you know, Vader follows him. Which he does, because Obi-Wan knows Vader very, very well. Um, yeah. He's driven by one thing and one thing only. Uh and ultimately, it leads to them on a planet by themselves. I love that line by Vader as well, where he goes, I will do this myself. Um, I'm, I'm taking him on alone. Uh, so perfect. Um, but this lightsaber fight, man. Woo! This, we, we got some things to talk about with this thing. Uh, and you guys said he wouldn't be moving fast. And I never said that. Like that. No, no, yes, I never did. Vader? No, I didn't. going to be more of a reserved, like, strike type person. I said that I didn't say that about Vader. Well, I think yeah. I think Jake, man, you're not gonna see what you saw in Revenge of the Sith, because why would they do that again where it's literally like flashy, right? It's just a whole lot of twirling and you know I, I Vader Vader's moves. he's mobile. I, I never said he wouldn't be mobile. There's no way. There's no way I would never say he'd be mm, I'm pretty be sure mobile. you guys said he was not going to be very mobile. No, I, I ne not after seeing episode three or or uh, the show or whatever. No, absolutely not. I would never say that. Anyway. Um, we got, uh, in my opinion, one of my favorite things in Star Wars in the last like 10 years, uh, not just the fighting, but the dialogue between the two of them. Obviously the one scene that we can talk about is, is them talking to each other at the end. Um, that, but that scene is just, it's, I'm telling you, it's one of the best things in Star Wars in the last like 10 years. It's, mm -hmm. it's one of the greatest things that I've ever seen Star Wars ever do is just after the fight, after you know, the blood, the sweat, uh, going at each other for that long, and then having that conversation where the complete descent into darkness is fully realized um, is one of the greatest things that this franchise has ever done. Uh, and that was the whole point of this entire show was to do that moment because Obi-Wan needed to know. He needed to know that his friend was fully dead. Um, and Anakin Skywalker is fully gone, and Obi-Wan now knows. And that moment where, where he realizes it and he puts that saber down and says goodbye darth was chef's effing kiss 
It was such an amazing finish to it. And we talked about it last week of, oh, is he going to fake his death? Or are they going to walk each other? Like, obviously, because we both we, we know that they both go on and all this type of stuff. But I don't know if we ever talked about, like, Obi-Wan just putting the saber down and walking away. Like, what 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 more of an Obi-Wan Kenobi move can you make than doing that? And so I, I just I think that from start to finish, the second that um, that they went at it, you know, with the and I pulled up some images, but the second this happened, oh, I it screamed. was just so I did I. I was I was losing it when this happened. The classic Obi Wan pose, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you get the moment where where Obi Wan walks away and and you know he says goodbye, Darth, and and Vader's yelling Obi Wan with the distorted voice. I mean, there's just there's so much stuff in between and talked about, but I, it was just. It was 100% the rematch of the century and more, in my opinion. So much more. My favorite part of that whole entire scene, and it has literally like zero importance, is when he is talking to Obi-Wan with his mask broken. Yes. How he is talking, do you notice the whole time his hue is blue. Mm-hmm. And then the second he says, I it's killed this. Anakin. That to that. And then it changes to red. It, I was like, get the hell out of here. Like they had a blue hue. The second it was smashed and he's talking to him. The second he goes like, I killed Anakin. Then it turns red. I was like, holy cow. Like, that is some genius level thinking. And just, like, it was incredible. Oh. A really well done artistic choice. Yeah. Oh. Andy, I'm jealous you got to see it in theater. You went to it. Yeah, he got to see, like, a screening of the five and six episodes. Why didn't we rent out a theater, man? I guarantee you 10, 12 of us would have won. <laughs> but, um, I'll pull up some images you. as we, as we talk you, about Samir. it. Thank you, Samir. Visual storytelling is, what I, is a term. Um, I'll pull up some images as we, as we continue to talk about it. But yeah, obviously we have the stance by Obi-Wan. You know, he's getting back into his groove, right? He's he's fully back into being who we think he or who he is. And then one of my favorite shots of the entire fight was this. Um, the close-up of the sabers with the cross guard and the eye of Vader. Uh, just a, a, a visually stunning shot. Uh, here's them two going at it with the sa- with the sabers. Um, and then we have this moment too, where Obi-Wan lifts the rocks oh, oh. up uh, and starts banging away to Darth Vader with these stones um, and just goes ham on Vader and makes him go off balance and all this stuff. This is, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is all after he gets buried. Um, yeah. And so, obviously, you know, Vader and I, I started at the very beginning, uh, but Vader had the high ground and it didn't help him this time. Uh, it still did not help him, um, which I love that moment, too, because he, he, he called Obi-Wan master for one last time in that moment, uh, which was really, really cool. And then we see that moment where Obi-Wan uses the force. He's been holding it the entire time, which I thought was gorgeous. Uh, and then we see the flashbacks, or not the flashbacks, but the scenes of, of Luke and Leia of him thinking of them, and then the uh, all the voices in the head of of past Anakin and stuff, where he's able to get out of there. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, what a way to end it, right? Like we've been anticipating it from the very beginning, obviously. But um, and we've seen them fight plenty of times before, but both of them were in such a different way than they had been in the past. Like Obi Wan, he, he's always been considered the greatest defender when it comes to a saber, but he was using some incredible offensive moves in this uh fight and vader obviously being vader he was using raw emotion and anger um trying to to go straight just absolute hard at obi-wan but i love when that that moment where the whole fight just flips and obi-wan's using the bottom of his hilt to bash in his chest uh and that's where it's all downhill from vader like what a dope ass mood from a move from someone who clearly knows what he's doing and using all of anakin's weakness against him um, and gee, I know we talked about it last week, but Obi-Wan whooped that ass. He whooped that ass. 
Yeah, I was uh, expecting him to lose, and I was clearly <laughs> wrong. Well, I mean, he did lose the first round, but uh, second round was a KO. Um, the whole thing with uh, Obi-Wan, you know, using the Force to lift the boulders took me back to um, Revenge of the Sith with uh, Palpatine using the Senate chairs to smash Yoda, which, by the way, we saw Palps. Hey, Palps. I have a, I have a screenshot of Mr. Palps. There he is. Ian there he is. Popping up again. Hey, uh, man. Still can't believe he has a granddaughter. Um, I. What elevates this though for me, is the emotional weight of the fight, and you really feel it at the end when the two of them are, you know. Uh, talking and especially how Darth Vader's voice goes back and forth between James Earl Jones and Hayden. That was really well done. Let me pull up um, on these images again. Uh, pull up. There you go. You can see the broken mask a lot better in that one. Oh, man. Just... You can see at one point, very slightly, when it's the blue light, a tear mm-hmm. coming out of his eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he knows. He, he knows. First off, Obi-Wan is right. Obi-Wan's been right, and that's going to sit with him for that a long time. That shot is heartbreaking. Ewan, oh. Yeah. He, the two of them did not miss a beat. It's up there with Revenge of the Sith at the end where Obi-Wan is saying, you were my brother, and this, this is right up there. I haven't felt this type of emotion in a Star Wars movie since then and that's not an easy thing to pull off 17 18 years later and you know it just it left me sitting in silence after it was all done and i'm just like wow like i never thought i'd be able to experience that again what i felt back in 2005 and that's what took it over the top uh, for me and it was just it was beautiful Tragic, beautiful. I agree. Yeah, it the the talking in between him saying sorry killed me. I was like, ugh. Because like I mean he didn't want he, he was thrown into this position. Like Qui-Gon dies, makes him promise to train him, and he's like, dude, I just became a Jedi like five seconds ago. And then he's not even one. I know. And it's just like all this. And he's just like, I'm sorry, like for everything. And it's just like, oh, you're just sitting there like, it's not your fault. Like, it's just, ah, it just breaks your heart. And you're just like, you feel so bad in that situation. And then freaking Anakin saying, I killed him. And you're just like, God damn it. Like, yeah, that was something an ass. Like, I, I'll back up real quick on what Gio said about the whole not feeling it since episode three. This was the last time I felt this kind of emotion. Was when Ahsoka invaded. Oh yeah, because it's it's obviously very similar. It mirrors each other, right? It's a very similar situation. And we talk about the symbolism. Yeah. Like, and I don't I don't know if Gio I don't know if Gio recognizes this, but so Gio, mm. um, so because you because he hasn't watched Rebels, that's why. I know. Uh, I, um, so in this in this episode, obviously, right, like Obi-Wan goes after Vader and he breaks the right or the left side of Vader's mask. You can see the left eye. Yeah. In Rebels, because I know you don't care about spoilers, when Ahsoka and Vader fight. I've, I've seen the stills, yeah. Ahsoka rips off the right side of the mask. Now people are putting those together and then also adding Obi-Wan took the left. Ahsoka took the right, but it was only Luke Skywalker that fully redeemed Anakin Skywalker and brought right. the helmet fully Yeah. Yeah. So it's the apprentice, the master, and the son. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, that's great. <laughs> See, that's how you know Filoni, Favreau, Deborah Chow. Mm-hmm. They, they've been paying attention. Um, and I would... I mean, this is a different conversation. I'd love to see them back for the second season. You know, there's talk about it already. You got to imagine they're having conversations right now. I just um, don't the, see how you do it, though. 
I see something happening with Vader. I don't see something happening with Obi-Wan. Neither do I. Like, I don't see him. You have to. The way it ended, you have to. No, so so here's here's why I don't see it happening with Obi-Wan is I think he, you know, I think he's accepted what's happened, obviously, right? He's, he's able right. to move on and, and uh, do his thing. Um, but I don't think he's, and obviously Bale said, if you ever need me, or he said to Bale, if you ever need me, you know where to find me. That's fine. But as far as Obi-Wan and Vader goes, that is 100% the final time they ever met before A New Hope. Right, yeah. 100% locked, loaded, in the chamber, done. Because that last scene with Palpatine specifically is very, very important. It's very important to the history of these characters. Um, Palpatine almost kind of like, but it was like, you're so bad guy, right? Like, well, so not just that, but like <laughs> he gave him like just a little like 100 percent. And because he so knows, bad, right? <laughs> so it it was it was clear that in that shot of Palpatine and Vader that Palpatine is still finding ways to manipulate Vader. He is still manipulating Tim to this day because he knows that if Vader and Obi-Wan were to reconnect in some way or to continue to have conversations, Obi-Wan could bring him back to the light. He knows right. that. So he's telling them, essentially threatening him, saying, hey, if you don't let this go, you're done. I'm letting you go. I'm moving on. I'm getting someone else. And we saw that in the comic books. That happens in the comic books. Those conversations happen, not to that extent, but they do. he says, like, I'm not afraid to get someone else. But he's he doing it because he knows tries. how important <laughs> Vader is to him. He knows how important Vader is to the overall scheme of the Empire and his plans. So he has to continue to manipulate him. Which is why I think there's a great opportunity to tell more stories with Vader, because there's ten years of manipulation and uh, you know descending into more darkness and doing other things that Palpatine doesn't like, that Vader doesn't like. As far as Obi Wan goes, he may be doing stuff on other planets, but he's fully accepted being a part of the like the Tatooine culture and everything and living there in his new hut, etc. But a hundred percent, no more Jedi fighting, etc. Around the around the galaxy. At least I don't believe anyway. I just you can't tease us at the end with what it's going to happen next between him and Qui Gon. Which thank I you. I can see that happening, but Vader I was, and Obi Wan are not meeting again. Yeah, I was so nervous. Look at my boy. There he is. Look hey. at him. It looks so good. <laughs> Man, I was kind of I just... hoping he'd still have the hole in his chest. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. He's probably like, why are all these Jedi surviving? Take his you ass know, out of this. These stab wounds and whatnot. But I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, just first off, I was pausing. Like, how many minutes are left in this fucking episode? He better, I'm sorry. He better show up. And he did. When yeah. he walked away. I was like, no way. That's how they're ending it. There were multiple times when I went, oh my God, they're going to really end this without Qui-Gon. So like, it's it's funny. We kept the entire time we have been talking about Qui-Gon's going to come in and whip him back to shape. It all makes sense as to why he showed up when he showed up. Yeah. It 100% makes sense that he would show up after Obi-Wan having to let everything go. That he had to get through all of that trauma to be able to see all that. It right. I don't know why it never crossed my mind and everybody else's mind, but it completely 1000% makes sense that after everything he went through, he had to let go of what happened to Anakin, you know, to, to Padme, to all of that stuff. And, you know, realize that it wasn't fully his fault what happened. And then he's able to do that. And I love that moment because it, as small as as much as I would love to see more of him, it was the perfect cameo, the absolute perfect cameo. Gordon, yeah, that was him. He lit out a thing saying, "I'd rather die than let anyone else play Qui Gon." Yeah, it's one hundred percent him. Yeah, he it, it was either it was either me or him, and they they only wanted to spell the name with one N. So yeah, he 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 said something today. He literally they literally were like, I think he said like, no one else was going to play him, so. He's like, yeah, I was going to do it. I'll have to find the quote. It makes looks, me think about Yeah. He looks so good. Look at him. That yeah. dude can still whip some ass. 
And on that note, it it makes me think about missed opportunities. Like when Liam Neeson was doing all these action movies and taking one, two, and three and all that. Couldn't they have done? I just wish Disney Plus existed 10 years ago. or Right. You could, you could have done a Qui-Gon prequel or something. You know, de-age him a little bit. He can move. Just He would have been down. Here's but, the quote. It, he said, I certainly didn't want anyone else playing Qui-Gon Jinn. And I wanted to show my respect for George and the yeah. that mythological mythal, mythical world that he created. That was his quote. Love it. It's a good quote. Um, yeah. I do have a nitpick with the fighting um, between Vader and Obi Wan. Here we go. I was not a fan of the aerial shots where it kept cutting and from a distance. Oh my god! I'm obsessed with the aerial shots. You were okay. That's oh fine. my god! I love seeing the sabers from the distance, and like hearing them clash as we're like hundreds of feet away in the sky. Oh my god! I loved it. I loved it. Okay, I was fine with that. This was one of the first times this season that I was fine with the camera. Uh, in this whole season, that has been my biggest gripe: is that it felt like it was being recorded. Like, like this. And this one, I had no issues with this episode. The hand camera, whether it was a hand camera or not, but the style was perfectly executed and needed for this specific sequence. It added so much weight to Obi-Wan and Hayden in this scene because of the up close, you know, getting really up close and personal with them. And seeing them move, like, when Vader lifted his head for the first time and we see that crack in his, in the helmet and seeing the camera move back and forth is like, we're seeing it from Obi-Wan's perspective, right? And then we're looking at Obi-Wan from Vader's perspective. And that's that's when it really works. That is 100% when it really works. As long as there was no Michael Bay drone shots and whatnot. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, yeah. Like I said... That was my biggest, if we had to pick complaints about this show, number one would be, I, for the most part, hated, I was like, sometimes like legitimately getting nauseous from like the way they were filming certain scenes. This episode, I had no problem with it. It worked. Um, my number two gripe would be that we never got to see them in their Clone Wars outfits. That's the only. I just really badly wanted to see Obi Wan in in that like stormtrooperish, like clone trooper. Well, type I mean, armor. yeah, it's just a little armor. Uh, yeah, I know. Season it's two. So, it's so season cool. two. So, other than that, I really don't have any gripes. I I think that these were some of the best new characters in a show. Tala is one of my favorite characters. Tala was. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Tala was good. Um, Vivian. Reva. I would have liked to have seen more of Fifth Brother. I mean, you cast, what's his name? Uh, Sun Kang. Like, uh, we'll he just kind of dis- disappeared again. Season. We're 100% going to see the Inquisitors again. What if the, in the spinoff, they they hunt down Reva? No, because I, th- I, I think they're going to believe Reva's dead. I think Reva's in the clear. She's 100% in the clear. Um, I do think, though, at some point we'll see whether it's a, f- a show fully focused on them or, or something else. I think we're going to see the Grand Inquisitor, Fifth Brother, Fourth Sister again, 100%. I, because they made the outfits, and I think they have the prosthetics. Why not use them again? I, I right. think that we're going to see them again. It'd be interesting because with those characters, we do know... Actually, I don't know about the fourth sister. But we this know, is the first right? time we ever met her, so we don't know what yeah, happens so to her. Outside of her, we know how they all die. Uh-huh. Where their like end point is. They all die? Well, yeah, they didn't get to... All, all Inquisitors die, Gio. All yeah, they don't, they, we know they didn't make That's it to... Fifth brother, man. That's my brother. Uh, I'm not saying he dies tomorrow, but, you know. No, yeah, so... We, I mean, we all know that they they didn't make it into a new hope. So like, I'm 
there's like it's a limited amount, but I'm curious like how and where you could use the minus the fourth sister. Because I mean there's a good amount. If I anybody could figure really it out, baloney. I would love to see the ninth sister in live action. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Um I mean the at this point, as far as stuff that we know about, if they didn't create a whole new story, would be a Cal Kesta story, and the Inquisitors are hunting him down. You know, like um, that—that's as far as what we know currently happening. But other than that, it would be something completely new. I mean, we could see something prior to this show where they're hunting Jedi, or maybe the formation of them. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the formation of the Inquisitors. God, if you give me the formation, I will literally... That would be pretty cool. If the formation God. of them coming together, like the Grand Inquisitor pledging himself. That uh, would be dark as crap. because that, it's that would be pretty crazy. Because literally, that would be so dark because they become Inquisitors by Vader torturing them to the dark side. I mean, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm spitballing on, on some ideas of when we can see them, but I do think we'll see the Inquisitors again. Uh, I don't think you cast uh, Rupert Friend uh, just for like an episode and a half. I think you cast him to play the Grand Inquisitor for some, some for a couple things. Right. So I, I do think we'll see him again. Gordon, that was just Harloff. <laughs> He's the only person. Um, um, any anything else that we want to talk about, gentlemen? Yes. How about the Obi Wan Leia farewell and going oh. back to the Bail Organa again. Uh, the description okay. of the parents. Okay, Tala getting the gun holster. Yeah. Oh, so, or so Leia was getting Tala's, Tala's gun holster. Uh, that was Tala's gun holster because they focused in on that. And, yeah. So, thank you. But just the, I mean, Jake, you, you mentioned it, you know, the describing the parents and what made the mother and the father special. And, um, you know, he's like, I wish I could tell you more. And she's like, you don't have to. And looks at, you know, Bale. And um, uh, what's 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 the lady's name? Bale's wife? Yeah. Um, Queen Jake. What is it? <laughs> anyway. I, I literally, I know it. It's literally in so there. So do I. It starts with a B. It starts with a B. Brea. Brea. Yeah, yeah Brea. Brea. I beat you, Andy. <laughs> no, I'll give it to Andy because Andy typed no. it before it came through. Yeah. It was just it was just so emotional right there. Like we thought we had it all with Vader and Obi-Wan. Now we weren't done yet. We had those two. And it was it was beautiful. You know, just again that 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 actress, uh, Viv- Vivian. Yeah. Hell of a job. There is potential there. I mean, I put that up there with uh, uh, Daphne Keene from Logan right there as far as like just a phenomenal performance from such a young actress, a young talent. Um, yeah, so. Can I say, what, there was a part where like, Jake, was it, where was it in the episode where she, one of them said like, I have someone that wants to see you. Was it Brea that says it? Uh Oh, no, Bale said it right before Obi-Wan popped out. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I know this is obviously a long time. I freaked out and thought it was going to be Ransom Casterfo for a half second. What the hell? I thought maybe we're setting up for a spinoff or something. And I got really excited because, like, I was... That character is so (laughs) good. But... uh, That is so out of left field. Like, so... Okay, whatever. But to what Gio is saying, <laughs> they could literally, if they wanted to, tell Princess Leia stories for years yeah. using that actress. Because she is young. And I'm I don't assuming need that, though. You wouldn't want to see her go through like the young senator and stuff. You wouldn't want to see one one limited series? No, because I I know what she's been. I know what she did. I've seen it. I've seen it in the books. We saw a bit of it in Rebels. Like I know. Yeah, I don't need you, to see. You get it. to see her meet Holdo. I want to see new stuff. stuff. I want to see new stuff. You're a grouch because you didn't want to see Vader. You didn't want. That see is not Leia. what I said. You see... You're taking. You are completely this putting guy, words in my mouth. Any of the fun stuff. You are completely putting words in my mouth. I never said, said I didn't want to see not... Vader. 
you said you wanted to move on from these and not okay. see Vader anymore. Yep, that's exactly. Yep, everybody, you heard it here first. Brian knows what I said. He's 100% right. That's exactly Andy, what I said. I screamed when I saw the Ventress shit. I, I know hmm. she's. Yeah, I let's just say I screamed. But yeah, um, give I'm not opposed to a young Leia junior senator type stuff. Well, there was a rumor that was last week saying that Millie Bobby Brown apparently was talking to Lucasfilm about a role. So, see, I don't know if I want her. I would rather kind of just stick with this younger. Girl. What else can she do right now, though, Vivian? Is, she's great, but what else can she do right now as a 10-year-old? Let her age a little bit, and then we'll come back to her. Yeah, like sign a contract, and in three years we'll start production on Alderaan something. I don't know. There's Alderaan. just more to explore with that. Anyway, anyway. Also, that kid that played Luke is so – like he is The meeting Luke. between Obi-Wan and Luke. Oh, yeah. Hello there. His little, there. he looked like such a like, little dorky kid that like is perfect for, for Luke. Like, 100%. I was just like, this kid looks like a little dork from nowhere and is perfect. I love that he still had the ship in his hand. Uh -huh. um, Obi-Wan gave him the ship. Um, obviously, the meeting is extremely important. Uh, but I love that Obi-Wan has kind of come full circle and he's saying, you know what, Owen, you're right. You know, the future is the future. I'm going to let it let it be and whatever happens happens obviously we know what happens and unfortunately owen and brew meet very very violent deaths i see uh, i see after this though they put I up a fight yeah they put up a 100%, fight percent okay like, over under five stormtroopers that they killed before they died oh they at least i'm gonna say oh. like seven or eight like they were i was i was okay. thrown off by just peruse attitude about the whole situation i mean that's she was ready she was like emily blunt from uh, uh what, what, that or what's the other what's the ryan johnson movie looper looper yeah just Sorta. like guns ready she was um, when he's like we need to get out of here she's like Psh. I'm gonna shoot him from here. Like, not even. Like, don't even. Yeah, try. she was like, lock and load, B. Here's a gun. Yeah. Get yourself ready, bro. And they put up a good fight, kicking over flower pots and, and stuff and down crates. And, you know. That might have been my favorite stupid part where he just kicks the crate at her and she's just like, what did you expect that to do? <laughs> Although I will say, Owen's a pretty bad shot because he missed the shot that surprised her. Yeah. Well. He, he could have he shot her right in the back, but he missed. Yeah, so, but you know that they, they may have gone out in a blaze of glory, but they went out. They went out in a real blaze, hardcore yeah. blaze, because we saw skeletons. Yeah, so mm -hmm. sad to think that those two died like that after all that. But it kind of um, it did give them a little more respect, which was kind of uh -huh. nice. Because I mean, they they're not worthless characters, but like they're not they weren't huge. Like they were served. 15 20 minutes of a movie so yeah i, I liked it uh all right any final thoughts on the entire obi-wan series guys before we wrap up this version of fandalorian club trying to think i'm still trying to decide if it's the best series over mandalorian um out i'm i would probably put mando over this but i would put this final episode over many, if not all, the episodes of Mandalorian. Oh, as yeah. a show, as though, as... I'll take Mando. I'll take Mando over as yeah, a show. I go back and forth between Mando and Obi Wan, but bottom line for me is just the emotional experience of this finale. I'll say it again: just being able to capture what I felt 17 years ago, and just literally the same emotions, and just. You know, because we, we grew up on the prequels. No matter how much hate they get, at least for myself, they're going to be hold a special place in my heart. And um, that right there is just, it, it, it's worth it all. It's worth watching this series again from start to finish. And um, they did good. Brian? 
Um, my last thing is what Andy said earlier. This one right here. All the best live action stuff has been done by women directors, except for maybe Taika's episode. I love Taika's episode. Guy literally had stormtroopers missing, shooting a can, and he punched Baby Yoda mm-hmm. multiple times. I love that episode. Um, what? As I can see, that's why Patty Jenkins needs to direct uh, Rogue Squadron. That way we can continue this trend. Let's give that movie to Joseph Kaczynski. Just saying. I know. No, give him, give him pod racing. I would oh. disagree with you. I'd lose it. I would lose it if that happened. That would be incredible. Um, yeah. I got a script. I Jake, submit it. My thing is I hope this is not the last we see of Deborah Chow. It's not. I hope that she has a long future in the Star Wars. She's getting a movie next. I'm not opposed to it, but I She's hope, 100% getting a movie. I hope she has a very prosperous future in the Star Wars realm because that chick can tell a story visually and whoever these story writers were, please stick around. I'm sure Filoni and Favreau were a good portion of it, but whoever helped write this, they need to stay. For why? Because Green. it was if not, she'll yeah. she'll be fine. But um, yeah, I I just can't wait to talk to Jacob about it. That's <laughs> I think the one person because he is the Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, stand. So I when that day comes, I can't wait to see it. But uh, until then, ring on Andor. Yeah, or the next time that you will see the Fandalorian Club will be late August when uh, Andor comes. Uh, the next Star Wars series, so we'll take about a month and a half, two months off. Um, and then we'll be back covering Andor, and that's 12 episodes, everybody. So you'll see our faces for 12 straight weeks. Um, Three months. But that, that would be quite a bit of Star Wars content for us. So, uh, But yeah, no, as far as Obi-Wan goes, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, ultimately... It was all about the Obi-Wan and Anakin stuff or Obi-Wan and Vader stuff. And I loved every second of Obi-Wan and Vader, uh, whether they were together or separate. Um, and then the grand finale of them getting together and having that conversation and, and Anakin, you know, fully being killed at, at that moment was fantastic. And I think that it ended exactly how it should have. And I think everyone involved in seeing, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor back and Hayden Christian back, all of them back to play these roles again was pretty magical. Um, I would love to see them back in some capacity. Don't know how or when or why, but uh, I would love to see it again. And I can't wait for Star Wars to be back with Andor, you know, because Andor is right up my alley when it comes to storytelling with some spy espionage thriller stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap up this version of the Fandalorian Club, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining us, all of you who watch each and every week. Samir, Andy, John, Star Drew. I know Rachel's popped in here and there. Curtis, Gordon. Uh, I'm trying to scroll through the comments, see if I missed anybody. I don't think I missed anybody. But again, to everyone who's watched uh, live, whether you've commented or not, and then, of course, watch back on the replay and listened as well uh, to all of our audio listeners. Thank you so much as well for joining us and finding us and being a part of this. We really, really enjoy this um, and are excited to continue this here in just a few months. Yes, Andy. More Haja and Roken. I agree. Love to see them back in some capacity. Didn't get to talk much about them, but their roles could definitely be expanded into other things. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get out, I'll let's do some quick plugging. Brian, where can everybody find you online? Be of all seen on Twitter and Instagram. I'm uh, a certain point of view. If you like the showdown and Marvel Rewind on, let's just say Wednesdays. <laughs> Geo. Uh, real quick, I'm about three quarters of the way through Dark Disciples, yes. so I can't wait to you know talk a little bit about that whenever the opportunity arises. Um, on Twitter at FandomUnited21, uh, on here obviously Tuesday's Apocalypse Now, our movie hangout show. Um, this past week was what we've been watching and 
I think that's uh, something that we should definitely be doing more often. And on my own channel, Fandom United, um, I got some DC stuff up there, so check it out. And you can find myself at Qui-Gon Jake. Two ends, because someone else took it before I did. And that guy is Liam Neeson, who's officially back in Star Wars. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as always, everybody, we really, really appreciate it. Um, we hope you have a great rest of your week. And again, like Gio said, Tuesdays right here on the channel for Apocalypse Now. And until then, may the Force be with you.